Genesis chapter 3, and uh, we're going to read verse 20. That will kind of start us off, and then we will, we will get into uh, some different thoughts this morning over mothers and the Lord. And listen to what it says in Genesis in chapter 3 and verse 20. Now the man called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. She was the mother of all living. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Um, let me share a few things with you about, about mothers that I, I called mine this morning. And I spoke to her and, and I asked her for wisdom. I said, Mom, and I, and I do this every Mother's Day. I said, Mom, share something with me that you've learned over the years that I can then impart to the church. And this was her response. One year it was... One year, this is what she told me. She said, Jochebed, and that was all she said. That was Moses' mother. And I preached on Moses' mother that morning. I'll never forget it. I didn't know, I didn't know her name, and I, and I looked her up, and I began to preach on her. My mom told me this morning, she said this, which is part of a poem. The hand that rocks the crater, the hand that rocks the cradle rules what? The world. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. And we understand this saying means that mothers truly have the greatest influence because they spend the most time with their children, right? They spend the most, I mean, it's, it's obvious that mothers spend the most time with their children. And it's always been this way. This is not anything that is, that is new. Late nights, early mornings, Breastfeeding or bottle feeding, their children spending hours singing sweet lullabies as they put them off to sleep for the fourth time in the middle of the night. These are things that most dads sleep through. I know because I did. I did, and I would wake up the next morning in case would say, Man, Anna was up four times last night. Singing sweet little lullabies in their ears or you moms remember the, and, and dads too, the, the smell of the top of your child's head as you held them and, and you would bring them up close and you would look down to that little bald head or that little furry head and you would give them a kiss and, and they had that certain smell about them. You knew what that was like. Rubbing their backs while in a rocking chair. Ever been in a rocking chair with a child? By show of hands, mamas. That's right. Rubbing your backs. My, I asked my mother years ago when I was a little boy, I loved to have my back rubbed and I, still, I make my kids do it now. And my mother would get me in a rocking chair and she would just rub, rub my back, tickle it. I called it tickling. But mothers, my sister Melanie, she rocked her children harder than any mother that I've ever seen rock a child. She went through, she's got seven or eight kids, I don't know how many. I, for, I forgot, I know that her last one's name is Asher. I do know that. Um, but she has went through more rocking chairs than anybody I have ever met. Because if you go into her house and you see her, she's working on her child trying to get them down and she's in a rocking chair. 
And she's beating that child on the back so hard it sounds bad. Like it really does sound bad. But she's wearing that child out trying to get that child to sleep. And so the, the, the mother spends time with the child and in doing such invests a lot of time and a lot of prayers and a lot of thoughts and a lot of love to that child. We know that this is true. I mean, creation even does this. I used to raise cows, and cows would do this. The mothers would spend time with their, with their, with their baby calves. They would smell that baby calf and let that baby calf nurse and clean that baby calf off. There's something about a mother that is, that's a beautiful thing. And one thing I've learned over the course of my, just my years is that whether that child grows up and is troubled by different problems or is truly a good person, whether they're a Walmart greeter or they're the little lady with the, the hairnet on handing out free samples, or whether they're a teacher or whether they're a doctor, it doesn't matter to a mother what their child ends up being because the mother loves them. One of my children, and I don't remember which one, I think it was Anna, we asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, and she said, I want to be the person that hands out the free food at Walmart, the sampler. Daddy, I want to be the sampler person. I said, baby, if you love Jesus, pass out all the samples you want to. I just want you to love Christ. And if she wanted to do that still, I'd encourage her in that direction. As long as she loved Jesus, I'd be proud of her. The love of that mother never fails for that child, no matter the age no matter the occupation, or no matter the lifestyle. There is a genuine love there that will always be. And I think that we know this to be true. Amen? Now I want to look at a couple of stories in God's Word. And Mother's Day is always difficult. It's always hard to, to think about... Um, the different things in Scripture concerning it. Uh, I, I like to try to use a lot of different passages to try to bring something together and, and, and not necessarily expound on one particular passage, but, but multiple to get a better picture of, of the topic there. And so this morning, the first one that we're going to look at is Eve. Obviously, she's the mother of all living. She was the very first, uh, and she's going to be our first example. She is the mother of all living. Created by the very hand of God. Eve was not formed out of dust, but she was made out of the flesh of Adam. This was the crowning work of God's creation. This was the, the top of the cake, the, the topper on the cake, the cherry on top of the Sunday. This was the beauty of his creation put into a person, and it was Eve. He created her to be a helpmeet for her husband, Adam. She was perfect, created by the hand of God, fashioned together for her husband 
to walk side by side with Him. To produce and to, and to, to multiply and to replenish the earth. But she sinned and she fell, didn't she? And what we need to recognize, what we need to recognize with our great matriarch Eve is that she messed up. How many mothers in here this morning would say that they've messed up? How many would say that they've messed up as mothers? What about fathers? I would. I would would say that this morning that I've messed up. But I I want you to realize something. Knowing that and, and doing something about it are, are, is what you have to do. Like Eve knew that she messed up. The Lord showed her that she messed up. And then when the Lord came down and showed her that plan and that purpose on how to fix that, He fixed it for her first and set a pattern of things to come for her to come. And she followed in the, that pattern and that plan. And so even though she did mess up and would have done things differently, we see Eve, we see her going in the paths of righteousness after that. Did Eve follow the way the Lord set before them in Genesis 3.21? Yes, she followed it perfectly. We read Genesis 3.20. Now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And then in verse 21, listen to what it says. And the Lord God made garments of skins for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Yes, she did not stay the way that she was. Yes, she followed the law of God. Yes, she knew that the pattern that was set before her was that if she wanted to come to the Father, it would have to be through a blood sacrifice and she had to be clothed and something had to die. Eve knew this. And so by faith she trusted in Genesis 3 and 15 and 16 where the promise was given through the seed of the woman that would crush the head of the serpent. She trusted in that. And we see a mother who is full of faith. We see a mother who is understanding the repercussions of her sin and what happened. And now we see a mother that is clothed. Clothed by something that died. And so with Eve, we see Scripture teaches us not only that she did this before she had children, but Hebrews 11 and 4, it says that by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Abel was directly from Adam and Eve. The scripture teaches us in the book of Romans in chapter 10 about those being sent and those being called to go out and to minister to others to tell of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And here we have in the very the very nutshell, the very beginning of this, we have a husband and a, and a wife, a mother and a father who is passing this knowledge of, of eternal life on to their children. We know they have to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. 
Abel didn't offer a sacrifice and get lucky and say, oh, wait a second, I'm going to offer something to clothe me so I can stand before God. It didn't, it didn't work that way. We teach our children in the way that they should go. And this is what Adam and Eve did with Cain and Abel. Cain did not. Abel did. Abel was taught that from his parents. The pattern was set in the garden. The promise was seen in the garden and the gospel was seen in the garden. And it was passed down from one generation to the next. She was faithful to do that, and so was Adam. That pattern of sacrifice for redemption, this pattern of substitution for cleanliness and holiness before the Lord through a blood sacrifice was shown to him from his parents. Just as we share the gospel to other people. How can they believe except they hear? And so we know that this was passed down. And who was it that invested time in Abel? Who was it that that breastfed her son? That coddled him on her knees? That cleaned him and watched over him? And then had to suffer at his death and grieve? At his loss, when her other son killed him, it was Eve. It was Eve. Adam was there, yes, and Adam spent time with him, yes, without a doubt. But we can't underestimate the power of a praying mother for her children. You just can't. So we see our great mother of all living fell, but God being rich in mercy. God being rich in mercy showed her a pattern and a plan for standing before him. Eve got it right and was forgiven right there in the garden as she stood justified by faith in the promise out of 15 and in the sacrifice out of 21. Without a doubt. The second example that I'd like to give to you today, the second example... Very little is said about this woman. Very little. I'm I'm talking, when I say very little, I mean very little. Just a couple of pages over, we're going to look at Noah's wife for just a moment. Uh, The mother of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I mean, the scripture doesn't even talk about her. Like, it's... It's so silent about this lady, other than that she was a wife, and we know if she was a wife, and Noah had three children, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, that she was also a mother. But where Scripture is quiet, a lot of times it speaks volumes. The second example is the mother of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Historians call her Nama, daughter of Lamech and sister to Tubal-Cain, However, this is from a Jewish historian. We don't know this to be true. Uh, There's some speculation behind that. I will call her Noah's wife. I'll call her Sham, Ham, and Japheth's mother. Behind Noah, there was a good woman and a good mother. The silence of Scripture in this matter will speak volumes to us. And you say, well, you're adding to Scripture. No, I'm not. Just pay attention. 
Just pay attention. Remember Lot's wife? Lot's wife. They had children. There's not a lot that's said about Lot's wife either. But we know that when they left, what's said about her is that she looked back. And by that, we can come to the conclusion and suppose that her heart was still in Sodom. By that, we can see that she had possessions that she didn't want to leave. She wanted to see what was going on there. She did not want to stay the course with her husband, but wanted to turn back and look back. So where the silence of Scripture is is in the Scripture, where you see that, you can still suppose that this happened because it did. And it's no different with the mother of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's wife. Shows us a lot about her character. It shows us a lot about her faith. It shows us a lot about who she was as a woman. Noah was tasked with probably, or single-handedly, one of the biggest challenge, challenges of, of, of all time. And what was that? Talk to me, church. Come on. That was the build the ark, right? He was tasked to build the ark. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. If I was tasked to build the ark, which the Lord's not going to do that, but if I was, if I would have been Noah, I would have believed my wife to have been behind me in that. She's like, I'll be crazy for Jesus with you. But then to bring four children in the mix of it and say, no, we need to get them working on it too and their spouses... Man, it's slim. It'd be hard. I'll go with you, Matthew, on your crazy adventure, but uh, do we really want to involve the kids in this? I want you to think about who this woman was. I want you to think about who stood behind and next to Noah. Now, this lady's never, I've never heard her preached on. Because the scripture truly doesn't say anything about her other than she was a wife. But no, we know that if she was a wife, she was also a mother. Which shows us that if she stood beside the man that was responsible for building one of the greatest ships that's ever been constructed on the planet, this woman had to be a woman of faith. This woman had to be a woman of character. Because if we'll notice here in just a moment what happens with her. She was a woman of faith, a woman of character, a woman, a a mother of of submission to her husband and to her God. She entered the ark by faith, just as Noah did and just as Shem, Ham, and Japheth did with their wives. We have to remember that her actions speak louder than what's not in the scripture here. We see her entering literally in to the ark, which shows me that she had faith. This mother mentioned in Genesis in chapter 7 and 7 briefly shows us that she indeed did enter the ark with her husband. Listen to the text. Then Noah and his sons And his wife and his son's wives with him entered the ark 
because of the water of the flood. Guys, it had never rained on the planet before. And she believed by faith. And she entered that ark. Remember in chapter 7 and 1 it says, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. And Noah did. And who followed? Who walked with him? His wife. And who followed behind him? Their children. And their wives. So whereas little is said about Noah's wife, we can glean a lot about her by the life of Noah and what the Lord tasked him to do. So with this mother, we see a mother of faith, a mother of obedience, and a mother of submission. Guys, it takes faith in the Lord to say, okay, daddy, or okay, husband, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that what you're saying and what you're hearing from the Lord is right, and I'm going to support you in building this ark. But I'm also going to have the kids line up as well. This was a woman of faith, a woman of obedience, and a woman... Of submission to her Lord. Third and finally, and I don't know if you see what I'm doing here, but we're going from creation to uh, catastrophe and now we're going to Christ. Third and final, the final example is Mary, the mother of Jesus. This mother played single-handedly the most vital role in history, which is the the birthing of, of Christ Jesus. Uh, The scriptures teach us that she was a virgin. She was a a good, good woman. She was young, but she was a good woman. That she was an obedient servant for her God, whom she put her trust in, at which she called her own son her Savior. Mary. You talk about a wonderful woman, a wonderful mother. She answered the angel in Luke in chapter 1. She answered the angel and said, be it done unto me. And the reason why is because she knew the prophecies. She knew what was to come. All the Jewish girls did. They knew the lineage and the line that the Messiah would come out of. And so when the angel approaches her in Luke and 1, Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the bond slave or the bond servant of the Lord, be it done to me according to your word. This was a wonderful woman, a wonderful mother who knew. She pondered these things in her heart, but she also understood that if Christ would be the Savior, then that he would also have to redeem us from our sins, which meant that he would have to lose his life. Talk about a good mama. Mary trusted in the Lord. With Mary, we see a mother who served with rigor. She was not slothful. As we were talking about in Proverbs in chapter 31 earlier, you you see in the the book of John in chapter 2, at the wedding of Cana in Galilee, 
Who was, who was leading in, in service there? None other than Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was, she was leading at this, uh, this, this wedding. She was serving and she was working. She was not slothful. She was faithful. She had many more children. And she was also very true. She believed in her son as the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. There are doctrines that teach that she never sinned. That is heretical. That is heresy. Mary was a sinner. She was born under the law. So she too needed a Savior. And she had to, by faith, believe in her own Son. Unto salvation. Mary was born under the law and Mary needed redemption. Just as we all do. Just as Shem, Ham, and Japheth's, Japheth's mother needed redemption, just as Eve, the mother of all living, needed redemption, Mary needed it too. Amen. Plain and simple. There are a few things when I look at these three stories, Eve and then maybe Nama or the mother of Noah, and then I look at Mary. There are a few things in these stories that really stand out to me and kind of jump off the page when it comes to mothers. They were faithful. They were faithful. One of the big ones that I see more than anything is they were obedient. They did what they were told by the Lord. They were obedient. They had this life of complete surrender like, Lord, just whatever you have for me. I mean, think about Noah's wife. Lord, I can't believe I'm married to this man. He's built this gigantic ship. Whatever you have for me, Lord, anything for you. They were faithful and they were obedient and they were submissive. Submissive to their own husbands. Which is just absolutely beautiful, but also submissive to their Lord. And they all believed by faith. By faith in the Savior of the world. These things were clearly portrayed to them. Mothers, this morning as I finish and as I wrap up, this is a call to be faithful to your family, to be like Eve, Noah's wife, even when your husband may seem crazy for redoing or building a a ship (laughs) out of gopher wood. Please don't try that, by the way, guys. Don't do that. But whatever your husband is doing and he is finding his hands to do, be like the mother of Shem, Ham, and Japheth and encourage him and be right there alongside of him. A couple I see this in more than anybody, I think, is 
is Patsy and Nelson. I, do, I see it a lot in you guys. Patsy, I see, I see it in you. Nelson goes and he does a lot of different things. <laughs> he does. And you're always right there with him. He may even say something off color. And you're always right there with him. Ain't you? There's a lot that you can, you can teach the different ladies in the church. Mothers, be like Eve. Be like Noah's wife. Be like the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They were faithful to the Lord. They were faithful to their husbands. But they were also faithful to their children. And so this morning, uh, I just wanted to share that with you out of God's Word. I thought that we could bring these three stories together. Uh, Eve and Noah's wife and Mary and, and truly just think on them and who they, who they are. And I pray, that, I pray that you're blessed with it. Mothers, we love you. We thank you for the work that you do, for the laundry that never, never ends, that somehow magically gets folded and put up in drawers. Uh, and the tables that are cleaned off and the, and the different things that are done in the house that, that instantly just appear done uh, for the time spent with our children, grandchildren, for that time that is invested in those that are younger, maybe invested in others. Mothers, we thank you for that this morning. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you and we just, we do love you.